Praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Hello, Mrs. Sullivan and company. Yes, we've got we've got some special guests. So it looks like uh, the the famous Sally McBrooker <laughs> and her brother Matthew, Matthew, Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo, and her other brother Johnny Bill. Johnny, oh, Johnny Bill. Bill. <laughs> Okay, I'm being silly, right? But who are you? Tell us your name, folks. The audience oh, loves you. They want to you. Samantha. And me. All right. Yay. Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Very good, Matthew. Oh, gosh, what an honor. We're joined, folks, today on this episode by the Sullivan kids, Samantha, John, and Matthew. And they are going to help us. We're going to talk as we're recording. This is the Monday before Ash Wednesday. So they're going to help us understand a little bit more about the season of Lent. Uh, but what do you guys say we start with a prayer, huh? Yeah. Sounds good? Sounds good. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and in the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We were saying before, I can't believe it. It's about to be Lent already. Right. Hey, this is crazy. I feel like it was just Christmas. It was. Like, what, like four weeks ago. We just were in ordinary <laughs> time for, I think, four weeks, right? Mm. I think that's what it was. Something like that. Yeah. It went quick. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and you might even say it feels like Lent never really ended from last year. Yes. Um, I know it certainly uh, saying the Easter vigil, celebrating my first Easter vigil as the main celebrant since I was ordained and no one was there. It's a little weird. And, yeah. uh, you know, usually on Easter, we have such a, 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 an incredible sense of joy and it's just pouring out of us, right? Because we've gone through the desert for 40-ish days, and uh, but so with with the pandemic, it was a little bit different this year, but so here we are again, um, starting Lent, and the reason we've got your crew helping us is because we want to understand a little bit better um, the whole idea of giving something up, Yes. right? That's probably the first thing we think about when we, when you say the word Lent, Probably the first thing you think about is, oh boy, I got to give something up. Yeah, but give up, right? want to talk about why, and and I want to hear especially from the Sullivan kids what it is that you are going to sacrifice for Lent. And I don't know that we've actually we just started talking about this, so I don't know yeah. if we have any full answers, but we can yeah. brainstorm that's okay. together. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's okay too. Sometimes. 
it doesn't even really uh, come into full view until maybe maybe a few days, maybe even a week or so after the beginning of Lent. Um, so that would actually, that, that's a, a nice way to start. That's the one thing that I want to say right away, um, just to folks who are listening. If you're like me, sometimes you can get a little bit freaked out about Lent. You know, I have to have it perfectly figured out before Ash Wednesday, exactly what I'm going to do this Lent. And if I don't, well, I've ruined the entire season and I'm just a big hot mess of a human being. So <laughs> that is not, but, but that is not true, right? Sometimes it takes us a little while to figure it out. And, and I think that's okay. <clears throat> and, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, and I saw someone else post this, so I can't take credit for it, but what the sacrifice during Lent is not supposed to be. And I think you and I have talked about this once and you keep repeating it, that don't make your penance become a penance for the rest of your family. So the idea is that you're doing a penance so that you can grow in closeness with God. Right. And it's not primarily as a punishment. It's not something that right. you, that you should make you so grumpy that everyone around you knows it. Right. Well, because first of all, and you use the key word there, punishment. So guys, does God want to punish you ever? No. No, right? And isn't that the point of, of the crucifixion, right? Jesus took the punishment. We could never, because of how little we are in a certain sense compared to god god is infinite he's he's he is everything right and we offend him in our sin we can't we can't really make up for that so jesus did that for us so does god want to punish us no of course not um and he certainly doesn't want to punish other people through us right so prime example which i know we've talked about before when yeah. i stopped drinking coffee one lent i was a little cranky to say the least so it wasn't really nice to be around me now that's not really fair to other people <laughs> no right? so yeah and also it's um the main purpose of it is because we stray far from god and by giving up something that we feel particularly attached to helps us to um, think of God more often and less of that thing, perhaps. And then also sometimes it gives us more space and time to talk mm -hmm. to God. There's a lot of different reasons why we might do a penance. Right. So now should we use Lent as a time to give up things that we know we really shouldn't be doing in the first place? No. Right. Why? Because uh, you shouldn't be doing them, first of all, anytime. Right. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. We have a winner. So, so John keeps joking with me that he's going to give up doing his schoolwork. Mm. Mm. Well, John, I, 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 I don't blame you. You got a tough teacher there. <laughs> But it's one of those things we can't really give up doing, is it? No, it's not, right? So we shouldn't give up things that we're supposed to do. And, and those things, like Samantha said, if, we're, if we shouldn't be doing it in the first place, then we really shouldn't just use Lent as a... Now, if Lent is the time that we finally kick a bad habit, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, well, okay, that's a good thing, but yeah. that doesn't really count as our, our Lenten penance, right? Um, you know, uh, I, I eat nothing but ice cream sundaes for breakfast every single day. So for Lent, I'm going to give that up. I'll have some, I'll have some raisin bran for breakfast during Lent. Well, <laughs> don't make that face. Raisin bran is delicious. <laughs> nothing about raisin bran is delicious. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? Okay, that's going to be another conversation. I have a thing about raisins. I'm not a huge fan. Okay. So, but you get my point. And it's for me. <laughs> so, I mean, if Lent happens to be the time that we realize, you know, maybe ice cream for breakfast every day isn't a good thing, so I'm going to stop. Okay, that's a good thing, but that doesn't really count as as our, our Lenten penance. So, um some other advice that I've heard that I think is really, really good advice is keep it simple and keep it specific, mm -hmm. right? So um, for example, if I love to drink soda, well, soda is not a bad thing in itself. If that's all I ever drink, then that's not really good for me. But if once in a while I really enjoy a, a glass of uh, Coca-Cola, right? Mm -hmm. In itself, that's not a bad thing. That could be something really simple and specific that I can say, Lord, I'm going to offer this up. And now if I never drink soda ever, and then I say, oh, for Lent, I'm giving up soda. Well, I'm not really doing anything different. So keep it simple, keep it specific, and, and basically just don't go crazy because that's a surefire way to, to fall flat on our face. Right. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I'm, I'm really interested in what the Sullivan kids are thinking about for Lent this year. What were you thinking? Samantha was just going to say something. Because uh, sometimes, like, when we were younger, we just go about candy, but we wouldn't mm -hmm. be eating candy, like, on a regular basis, right? Yeah. yeah. We would give it up, but right. eating it at all. So. And that's okay for when you were littler. You know, Samantha is 10 years old now, so she's growing. John is eight. Matthew is five. So maybe candy for Matthew would be okay, but maybe Samantha and John should think about it a little bit more about something they could give up. So, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you want to you want to talk and, and see what their what their ideas are? I do. Yeah. Did you guys have have you brainstormed I, yeah, a little bit? I did. Not really. Well, that's okay. I we can have, talk about it now. I have. Okay. Samantha has some ideas. All right. Lay it on us, Samantha. Um. Well, I was thinking of giving up some TV because mm -hmm. it can. You can get attached to it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, we usually on weekends watch TV or in the day watch TV. So maybe like maybe a show or two at the end of the day with my family would be better because if I'm watching a bunch of TV during a day, it could become like, mm. like a, I could get attached to it. Yeah. And um, like, Sometimes if I watch too much, I get like tired and I don't really want to do anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's really good. And actually, Samantha, you just taught us two lessons there. I don't know if you realize that, but so 
one you said and this is so good you said the 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 perfect word is attachment that it's something that again in itself it's not a bad thing it's not bad to watch tv once in a while but if we become attached to it and it's now something that uh you know i'm getting the shakes if i'm not watching tv all the time right well okay maybe i'm i, I have an unhealthy relationship with this thing um i'm not really free because i feel like i'm i'm shackled to it right think of a cartoon where a guy's got a chain on his ankle with a big uh, a big ball on the end of it and he can't go anywhere because of that attachment um but also it can lead to other problems. Like you were saying, if, if you watch too much TV and then you're feeling kind of tired and don't really want to do anything else. And now all that other time opportunities that we could be learning or spending time with our family or exercising or getting outside and enjoying nature or praying or any of those things, we just become kind of a blob sitting on the couch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of a science lesson that we did this year where, you know, something in motion wants to stay in motion and something that's sitting will stay sitting, right? So if we're not doing these things, we have a tendency to continue not doing them. Right. And this is, this is true in the spiritual life, right? It's not just physical things, but if we are doing something, it's easier to keep the momentum going. So if we're in the habit of praying, generally we can keep praying it's it's and if we stop then in general we will continue to stay stopped so um are you laughing <laughs> she's laughing well, well think of all all that you all those good habits that you can develop then with the time that you're going to save yourself from not watching so much tv mm -hmm. maybe it's um reading a good book or adding a, a decade of the rosary to your day or something like that or it could even it, it could also be simply developing a new um a new hobby too because as kids we don't quite know yet where god wants us to to go in life and maybe we can fill that time with something where we're learning or engaging a, a talent that we have like playing the bagpipes Mom and dad would love that. You should learn bagpipes this land. That would be so great. Your parents would be thrilled about that. Kazoos. Along the same line. Kazoos yeah. are good too. That was my second answer, actually. They do not like when we play kazoos around the house. Mm. We just go boop, 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 boop. Finally, do you recommend... In, in terms of penance, could they also give up um, something like, uh, I've heard this said before, and maybe you can kind of elaborate, but give up on something that, um, like a habit of some, like a bad habit, or, or does that fall into the category of things that we shouldn't be doing to begin with? Yeah, I, I think it kind of does. But again, that's not to discourage you from, from, from trying also to to stop that habit or behavior, right? Um, because maybe Lent is the time that we have a little bit of a wake-up call and say, oh, you know what? I've been meaning, I bite my nails all the time and that's not good for me. Um, maybe I'm gonna use Lent, this is not my Lenten penance, but I'm gonna use this time to, to, uh, to really try to stop this bad habit. 
um, it's certainly not a bad thing, right? And, and um, you can think of like people make New Year's resolutions on January 1st. Well, January 1st is the first day of a new year on the calendar, but um, Lent could be sort of like a New Year's for the soul, mm-hmm. right? We say, um, just like on January 1st, someone maybe went out and joined a gym. I'm going to exercise more this year. Maybe Lent, Ash Wednesdays, day one, you say, I'm going to, in addition to whatever I'm sacrificing, I'm also going to really try to become a little bit better by getting rid of this bad habit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So boys, John, what about you? <laughs> um, What'd you? What did you do last year? Do you remember? I just started doing candy last year. It's chips. <laughs> oh, that's you see that, but that's good. That's specific and it's simple, and you know you can you can keep track of that. I think last year may have been tablet time. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Would you think does that sound familiar? Last yeah. year. Yeah. One of yeah. the years. One or yeah. two years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts this year, John? Or you're still not sure? Mm, I'm not sure yet. That's okay. So what else can we do? There, you know, there's three things that um, that every Lent we want to emphasize. So we were talking a little bit about the the sacrifice that we're going to do and um, the penance, something we're going to offer, something we're going to give up. But there, there are these three words that you probably hear a lot more during Lent than you hear throughout the rest of the year. Can you think of what I'm uh, talking about? Fasting from meat. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Fasting. Fasting is one. Fasting. The for one of them starts with P and one starts with A. Oh, uh, uh, uh what is it called? <laughs> penance. Penance. Well, right. Penance. That falls uh, under fasting. Recon- uh, reconciliation. When you get less for the priest. Oh, I know. So you're thinking of another word that starts with A, absolution. That's really thinking. And that is something that we should do. You know, Lent is a good opportunity. If we haven't been to confession in a while, we go to confession, the sacrament of reconciliation, and we tell God we're sorry for for whatever sins we've committed. And um, we know that he'll forgive us. And that's when the priest says the prayer of absolution. We know that God has completely forgiven these sins and given me a fresh start. So very good other words starting with A, but I'm thinking of a different one. Think about what, what are we doing with the rice bowl? We got a rice bowl from St. Columba. What Which is, is neither a bowl nor holds rice, but I leave that as a, I digress. What does it hold? Discuss. <laughs> Money, what did you put in it the other day? Coins. Coins. Put, Coins. What is that called when you collect money for something for church? Um, Do you know what that word is? Father Connolly's car payment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess we should go back over this yeah. in the catechism. Oh, here. It starts with an A and it ends with a looms giving. So, <laughs> <laughs> alms giving. Alms giving. When we give to the poor. Um, so maybe it's money or it could be time right? if we go and we serve maybe in a, a food pantry or a soup kitchen 
when people are hungry and they come in and we, we help them to have a good meal. Um, we donate clothes to uh, maybe it's the Knights of Columbus or the Midnight Run. So people who are cold and don't have clothes, they can have a nice new coat that we're not using. Um, all sorts of ways we can give to the poor. And the other one's prayer, right? <laughs> oh, that's been an obvious one, huh? <laughs> prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Those are the three. That sounds familiar now, she says. <laughs> So is there a way that you guys could incorporate prayer into your day more often? What do you think? Well, we're supposed to be doing our prayer in the morning at, right before school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we forget. Mm -hmm. Like, we're supposed to do this prayer called... The like, morning offering. Yeah, the morning offering. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't do it. So we could try to do it more. Is that or is that a yeah? That's great. No, that's not okay. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So we could do that. Mm -hmm. um, if if you gave up some sort of TV time, I think Father Connolly was explaining this that you could use some of that time to do some sort of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, we have these really awesome prayer journals for the older two. So that could be something you could use some extra time to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about you, Matthew? You got any thoughts here? No. No. <laughs> don't have any thoughts. You don't have any thoughts. This Not is the yet. this is the first time ever in his life. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Matthew Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys have well, that's great. Else to add to this conversation? Mm -hmm. Do. You why do we do these things during these prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? Why is this season different? Because uh, we're trying to get closer to God because he died and rose from the dead for us. Mm -hmm. So another question. Do I, if I'm doing these things during Lent and all, then, then I stop after Easter, right? No, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would. No, that's a trick question. But right. No, after so Lent can help me focus on prayer, on fasting, on almsgiving, but but I can certainly keep going, right? After Easter, I can still be maybe Lent has helped me to say, you know, gosh, that time I spent praying, that was really good. I'm gonna keep doing this. Or I'm gonna keep donating things um to the poor and to those in need. Uh I'm gonna I'm going to fast all year, maybe not just during Lent, but so that could mean um, abstaining from eating meat on Fridays throughout the entire year. Um, it could even mean that uh, even those other seasons, ordinary time, Christmas, Easter, um, maybe on Fridays, I, I'm not going to have any snacks or I'm going to just have lunch and dinner instead of breakfast, lunch and dinner. Although, you're going to need a good big bowl of raisin bran to get ready for school in the morning. So you have to be careful about that, but like I'm not going to let this go. You know, raisin bran is delicious. What cereal you eat? Every morning eat, these days. Cinnamon and checks. Ooh, cinnamon checks. That's a, that's a good one. 
You've been eating them. And the ones that you eat for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the mom's actually never bought those. I've never seen them in the store either. We also used to ask for the peanut butter panda puffs. (laughs) Totally off course here. You guys are making me hungry. (laughs) Well, thank you for helping us. I think your mom and I are going to talk a little bit more now. We had mac and cheese for, we also had mac and cheese for lunch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I'm also going to have a fun dip after this. Hungry man. Especially all that. (laughs) All right, guys. Say goodbye. Thank you for helping us. Bye. So that was the Sullivan kids. Yeah. Did you discuss with their agent what they'll be paid for this episode of Raising Saints? (laughs) They get to live here. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think they helped us uh, really a a great deal understand kind of from a child's perspective. Um, I think that's what we were going for. You know, being a, a podcast geared towards families and, and yeah. kids, and, um, helping our kids understand. But as with most things, in so doing, we help ourselves understand as well. I think, right. um, you know, we're a lot. A lot of us are more on a, a child's level of our understanding of things than we care to admit. But that's okay. Let's just accept that and say, "All right, Lord, teach me." You know, I'm open. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, however you need to speak to us. And right. Kids help us so much understanding the basics of our faith. And, yeah. um, one thing that, that comes to mind, though, too, and, and uh, this, this will be perhaps the focus of our second part of this conversation. Um, something I'm, I'm hearing more and more, and I heard it growing up, too, and, and I think you were saying you, you did as well. Yeah. Um, it seems to be sort of gaining popularity and sort of trendy now. We'd say, yeah. well, I don't I don't like to give something up for Lent. Rather, I, I choose to do something. Yeah. Add and something. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk. Yes, I, we do. <laughs> I think first of all, I want to say right out of the gate, I am in no way shaming anyone who who does this or in any way saying that it's a bad idea to do something more in the sense of something charitable that you aren't otherwise doing or something prayerful that you aren't otherwise doing way to go. That's a good thing. Good for you. Yeah. Keep it up. Good. Well, I mean, that's what we were just talking with kids, right? Right. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, I'm really, I'm proud of you. I think that's beautiful. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. That's a really good thing. Right. But it's, in my opinion, it's not enough. Yeah. Right. I, I just think, cause I know, like I know myself and just so, you know, I, I really mean this. I'm not like trying to be judgy or anything. Cause this, I'm talking to myself first and foremost, of course. I, I would certainly struggle with if I said that, then I'm going to choose an easy thing to do. And that's my way out of giving up something that would be difficult, even if it's something super simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, I'm not going to have any sugary cereal during Lent. Yeah. That might sound ultra simple, but maybe that's difficult, you know? And yeah. so 
I think we should do it. I think there's something really, uh, really important about making a sacrifice. Yeah. And it's not to say it's bad to add something on, do that as well. Yeah. I think we should kind of be wary of that becoming our Lent. Yes. Because you mentioned the rice bowl, right? That's a beautiful thing. You, you collect your spare change that you, you don't otherwise use and, um, you know, goes to helping the poor. Yeah. Great. But I think I just, for the children, I think it's excellent. For me yeah. as an adult, I don't think it goes far enough. Right. But I'm going to go a step further and say, yeah, that's a good thing for the kids, a lesson to teach them that as has always been our understanding of Lent, like we said, fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. Two of the three things fall into the adding something on category. Yes. Uh, so it's good to teach them about that, but not to the detriment of fasting. Yeah. I grew up not having much an idea of what it meant. To, right. to fast or give something up. And I remember my, uh, you know, my childhood hero and uh, priest who preached at my first mass, Father Dunn. It was, it was kind of funny because he's a funny guy and he made, he made sort of a show of it, you know, not in the sense of spiritual pride, you know, it was, be, he was, he knew he was being funny, mm -hmm. but he would give up chocolate every year. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back, you might be tempted to say, oh, he's a grown man, he's a priest, he should have been at a point where he's doing something much more rigorous. But you know what? Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe that simple offering of saying, Lord, I'm going to give out chocolate for Lent. And that's what I'm sacrificing. Right. Don't underestimate how important that is. And so I'm not saying we've got to all become hermits for 40 days. No. But I think we need to make sure we don't ignore the fasting um, as we try to employ almsgiving in prayer. You know, I, I am doing this little Bible, uh, this book study with a small group, and I was just doing a little research on um, penance, fasting, self-discipline, whatever you want. They're all sort of interchangeable words. Um, and the whole purpose of fasting or self-discipline, yeah. abstinence, all of these things are, um, there's a lot of different reasons, but one of the things that grows out of self-discipline and fasting is growth in virtue, which yeah. is not easily to be gained by adding things. Sometimes virtue right. must come from giving things up. So something of the virtue of temperance in particular, where we're able to temper our desire yeah. or bodily desires um, helps us grow. So we, we talked about this before with the kids being, becoming unattached to things. So if I'm particularly attached or father done, particularly attached to chocolate, by giving that specific thing up, I learn temperance with regard to that good. Um, so I, in college, I yeah. gave up soda one Lent. I was completely addicted to soda. And I would have like a big bottle. I didn't drink coffee at the time. So I would drink a big bottle of soda before my afternoon classes. Like giving that up was really a lesson for me. So I like how you said specific and it should be something specific for you, not just kind of a generalized, um, I'm gonna give up sweets 
I think when you can say a specific thing that you're attached to, that's really helpful. Yeah. And, and also be mindful of, of your circumstances as well. I think um, it's just important to like make, make a sacrifice. And we were talking about this before, not letting your penance be a penance for others. Yeah. Um, according to your state in life. Yeah. Right. So um, to say that, I'm going to, if I, as a priest, right, if I said, I'm going to give up um, all, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a, like a vegan diet or something and give up everything that goes along with that. Well, a huge part of my life is visiting with, with parishioners and, and families. And, um, and often that's over a meal. Yeah. Well, now if I go in, you know, oh, I can't eat that. I'm not eating that. I'm you know, so, okay, maybe I've given something up like that. If it's presented in front of me, just so case in point, I, um, <laughs> last year I had done, um, Exodus 90 that, mm-hmm. um, extended Lent that a lot of men do. And, and I'm really glad I did it last year. It was an excellent experience. Admittedly, I tried again this year. It just wasn't happening. I just could. So, okay, fine. But so last year, I, that's you know really intense um, abstinence from many different things and so for instance all desserts are that's in, included mm-hmm. now I had already made plans to visit with a family in the parish on the the first day so let's say it was a Tuesday um, that it began that Wednesday I had plans to visit this family mm-hmm. and I um you know, at the dinner table, all of a sudden, what's in front of me, a beautiful, delicious looking slice of pie that, that the, the, um, the wife had baked special for myself and the other priest who were visiting. And she went into the kitchen for a moment. I looked at him and I said, and he, knowing what I was doing, I said, what do I do? And he said, you eat it. <laughs> eat it just you know it's not a sin then to, right you don't want to go around using that as your excuse and well i gave up chocolate for lunch, but now i'm going to schedule all kinds of visits with people whom i know are going to give me chocolate oh well, i have no but just be mindful of your of your state in life and um yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. important to be realistic as we're being specific and keeping it simple that's the other thing that you know um, listening to uh, to Matt Frad talking about this, right? Don't be don't be clever. <laughs> yeah. Just don't be overly clever. Just yeah. be simple. Yeah. And specific. So and- I think um, along those lines, I'm like, oh, like in years past, like I've fasted from social media, which has been incredibly fruitful, and I know a lot of people do that. Um, this year, I think I'm legitimately just going to fast like actual what is prescribed, like Wednesdays yeah. and Fridays fasting, um, which is yeah. super hard for me because I am in the house all day and I'm preparing food for people all day. Yeah. So it's, it's a challenge and I have wanted to do this for some time. And I think Lent is probably the time. And, and I'm, I'm debating whether I'm gonna do both days or just Fridays. Um, right. And I think Fridays will be manageable and doing two days would be a little bit more. Might so. be too much. And so yeah. you you recognize that and say, here's what I think I can do. Yeah. The challenge, but 
and so look, if a Friday comes and you get to the end of the day and you realize, you know, I really didn't fast so well today. Yeah. Go to bed with peace in your heart. And you do have it another day. Yes. You've got another opportunity the next Friday. Right. Yeah. Because I think we can get in our own heads and that will keep us from, from doing these things. Well, I'm just never going to do this because clearly I am too much of a mess. I can't fast. I'm not going to even try. Yeah. Um, that's the temptation. That's that. Listen, the gospel is going to be Jesus on Sunday, Jesus going into the desert. We know that when he goes out there, Satan comes to him and, and tries to tempt him and say, just bow to me. And I, look, I know you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Just, you don't, you can't keep this up. That's what it comes down to. He's saying, you can't keep this up. So just give up. Mm-hmm. That's what he says to us as well. And I think even when we fall, it's important we say, all right, I'm going to just try again next time. Right. And God really will give us a lot of grace to, to do this. And just one last word on fasting, and then maybe we'll uh, wrap up. Um, so kind of two words, but the same thought. First of all, it's important also to remember that we're not required to do more than what is prescribed in that fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. Maybe this Lent, we find ourselves indecisive about a specific thing to give up or, you know, what what's really going to, maybe, like you said, maybe we just say, I'm going to really lean into the fasting, mm-hmm. actually fast on Fridays or maybe Wednesdays as well. Um, almsgiving, I'm going to be really intentional about what I'm giving. Maybe it's to the parish, the shameless plug. Um, maybe it's to the, the community in some way. Maybe it's my time and service. And I'm going to really enter into deeper uh, or more frequent prayer. That would be, make for a beautiful Lent. So you don't have to, it's great to add to, to, tack something else onto that. I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going mm-hmm. to give up uh, soda. I'm, okay, yeah. if that's something that would be challenging for you, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just one, here's the <laughs> my final word. I'm sorry. But okay. don't underestimate fasting. Yeah. It's really difficult. It's and difficult. I, something I struggle with too. But I remember one, the first day I, I think I was really able to successfully fast and not in the sense that like okay so the church asks that for fasting you have one full meal and you may have two smaller meals which together do not amount to more than the one full meal but to me like to be totally honest that's just a healthy diet yeah (laughs) yeah i mean if you're eating a lot more than that on a regular basis anyway that you should probably address that right unless you're the right tackle for the new york jets like right (laughs) so um but i think the first time i was able to really successfully do it like i had in in a whole day maybe just a a morsel of something at one point throughout the day now i woke up the next morning with a splitting headache yes no because and i'm not saying go give yourselves headaches (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah But it just, it helped me to see, well, not just let go of my attachments, but also enter into solidarity with those who go without. Mm-hmm. There are people in our world 
for whom this is a daily occurrence. Right. Because they cannot have their needs met. Right. And if that's what the Lord shares with me in that experience of fasting, that I can then pray for those people more intentionally. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. That's beautiful. So yeah, that's the idea of offering it up, right? Which is I think is a concept that we've generally um, forgotten about is that when we involuntarily take on a suffering of some sort, we can then offer that as a prayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe like you said, to people who are involuntarily suffering that. Um, yeah. And that's really beautiful. And uh, it's hard to wrap our heads around how that works, but just knowing that Christ took on our suffering, I think we can use that as, a, as our example. So. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop, though. Yeah. So, Alexandra, how have you heard God in your life recently? Well, you know that I've started courses at the Augustine Institute. Mm -hmm. I'm going for my master's degree. At the Augustine Institute? The Augustine. (laughs) St. Augustine. Um, Yeah, so I'm taking a course called, called Salvation History. And for me, it's like my first dive into, into the Old Testament. I, in high school, we did Old Testament, but it was in ninth grade and I was not really committed to the faith at that point. So it kind of shoot over my head. I am thoroughly engrossed in, the, in what I'm learning. And, and I'm amazed, I'm finding how, like, how much the Old Testament is still so, so completely relevant to today. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's amazing, it's eye-opening and I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm one of those disciples on the road to Emmaus when Jesus opens their minds to everything that, that referenced him. It's just really phenomenal. And I, I'm so grateful for, for the experience. So there you go. That's cool. Have, what about you? How have you heard God? I, um, so I had a really moving experience and, uh, and it was a, a sad one at its, at its, um, you know, base, but it, but because of our faith in the resurrection, it's at its core, it's a joyful one. Um, a beloved seminary professor passed away tragically at 51 years old. And this man has taught 15 years or 16 years of, of priests in New York, Archdiocese of New York, Diocese of Brooklyn, Rockville Center, as well as permanent deacons and their wives, um, lay masters program students, you name it, um, religious communities, and he, he was serving every weekend. He assisted like four or five different parishes, mm. um, and, and he passed away tragically so young, 51 years old, but um, two very moving things that came from it. One, I found out that he died bringing groceries to a parishioner he knew who was in need, which is like you know, this, this towering intellect, this guy, you know, he's a, a seminary professor. If you're not a priest, you don't necessarily realize this, but that's a really prestigious position. It could be very easy for a man to fall into pride if he has that job, because that's a very respected, especially he was not only a professor, but the academic dean at the seminary. So he, his humility and, 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 um, priestly service or not lost on us in, in what he was doing, but 
but also just one one other thing that um, priests when when priests die we typically have two masses so the the funeral mass but the day before there'll be after the the visitation hours like a wake there'll be another mass the votive mass of um, christ the high priest mm. and um, so that took place at the seminary and i was able to go and there he was laid out and and the priest will be laid out in his casket facing um, the people rather than when when a person dies and is brought for his or her funeral, they'd be facing the altar. The priest is facing the people mm. and, uh, and it's open and he's vested as if for mass. Mm. And he was wearing the vestments that all of the seminary priests wear for daily mass there. And it was just that kind of one more mass here at the seminary. You know, it just it was really beautiful. Um, we pray for his soul, Father Kevin O'Reilly, and thank God for his life and his priesthood and um, the joy that we find in the promise of resurrection. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your kids with us today. That was fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad they helped because I. You know, I think we're going a little stir crazy here. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> well, All right. We wish so, everyone the uh, blessed Lent. And until next time. Yeah. Adios. Bye. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as he calls out to you in love, as he calls you to a friendship with himself, as he calls you to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you.